was good, guys and lady girls. What's going on? Welcome back to Man to Man, the best NBA podcast out there right now, where we bring you live updates, news, and highlights. This is your co-host Andy Elliott, alongside your co-host Liam, the Hoop Star Nash, Mister Namaste, Mister Hoop Star. How are you, my guy? I'm doing good. Doing, doing good as well. Hey, we're good over here. If you haven't checked it out yet, please head over to Apple or Spotify. And give our most recent episode a listen where we interviewed the young, talented artist and rapper Chance Flash. He's got over 250,000 streams on his name. Uh, you can check him out on Spotify and Apple Music. We sat down with Flash last week and talked about his music career and everything currently going on surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement. And as always, please subscribe to Man and Man. Give us those good re- good reviews and five stars. Uh, Liam, brother, you need some new clothes to rock or what's going on over there? I see you kind of rocking the same thing. I'm doing the same as well. It's looking like both you and I could hit an online clothing shop here pretty soon, right? I mean, you know, I'm always trying to look fresh. You know, I got to, you know, stay young, you know, look fit and stuff, but I'm always on the lookout. You got something for me? What's going on here? Hey, no, no. Hey, I got something for you. There is no cap over here. My brother-in-law. Um, if you don't know them by now, go check out Yaz Apparel. It's the hottest streetwear available on the market. They got the most exclusive, fresh, trendy items, including different color set hoodies, t-shirts, and more that will fit perfectly in your everyday attire. NBA players like Jackson Hayes has rocked the Yaz hoodie. And hey, every item sold, they donate clothing to the homeless. So it's a win-win. You look good. You do it for good cause. That's yazapparel.club. Go check them out. We'll throw that link in the description. Other than that, Hoop, I'm feeling good, man. Sports is coming back. I watched the uh, the big horse race yesterday, American Pharaoh. I guess he's won a triple crown. I didn't know really what was going on. You know, I don't – I like the horse races. I don't really watch a lot of them, but, you know, they have those three main ones and, you know, a lot of money put on them. But this guy, American Pharaoh, he's probably like five foot one, maybe four nine. I don't know, not even five feet. And he went out with a bang. So, with that, it's just kind of getting my jitters going. Sports is coming back. The NBA is coming back. And – what other NBA news should we talk about? What you got, my soldier-in-law? Well, I'm glad you said it. We uh, talked about it in our previous episodes. But a little breakdown for everybody that doesn't know exactly what's going on. The NBA will be returning, like we said today. Um, well, a couple of days ago, we found out that it was going to be on July 30th, not the 31st. You know, they had this meeting and. You know, the players decided, let's let's bump it up one day. You know, we can't wait that extra day. I'm trying to get on the court or something, you know. Hey, the mean? sooner the better. But um, pretty much everything else is uh, staying the same. It's still going to be at Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida. 22 teams still, 13 from the west, 9 from the east. Eight regular season games, that play-in game for the ninth and eighth seed. 16-day um, regular season, five to six games a day. And they will have one back-to-back game. Um, so, yeah, um, the NBA Finals, no change there. As it will be, you know, every other day for the games. And it will still be a best of seven. So nothing mm-hmm. has changed with that. Um, and then the last possible date so for the NBA will be October 12th. And then as far as for next season, um, there will be a quick turnaround. November 10th will be the starting date for training camp. And December 1st is going to be, you know, the start of the 2021, um, you know, season opener. Instead Mm -hmm. of that, December 25th is what I think they were trying to, you know, get it on that Christmas day, like we said. But, yeah, draft lottery, NBA draft, summer league, you know, 
all those dates are kind of tentative based on how that season and how the finals, you know, will end up and how long that takes. But, mm-hmm. you know, the NBA, baby, is going to be back, right? <laughs> we back, baby. We back, baby. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you were saying, all these dates are very tentative and um, players that are teams that aren't a part of this 22-team bubble in return, they're trying to figure it out too. I think they're trying to undergo joint practices in the summer and it's all just up for grabs right now. It, it looks weird, but you know, like you're saying, nothing really has changed. Adam Silver tried to make it, you know, as normal as it can be right with the game sevens, and you know, four rounds on, on each Eastern and Western conference. So we're back. Um, with that being said, although commissioner Adam Silver officially set a return date for players to finish the 2019, 2020 NBA season, eh, not exactly everybody is on board just yet. Um, this week, we're going to talk about this conference call that kind of just went down earlier this week. Um, pretty much the NBA and the National Basketball Players Association, where you have guys like Chris Paul, um, a, couple other, uh, a couple other guys that are you know vice presidents of that organization. They all come together. They were on this conference call um, pretty much in terms of finalizing a return to play plan. There was a fraction of players discussing as a group whether restarting the season in Orlando would ultimately be a good idea. So in this conference call, questions arose as uncertainty of solutions to different scenarios obviously are still unanswered. Like what happens if a player tests positive for COVID or what if a player doesn't even feel comfortable or wants to return to play or what about the families that are like just in Disney World during this time? What's going to happen with that? Right. So going into the call, Basically, both parties were expected to agree on this plan or the provision. And, you know, that wouldn't necessarily require these players to, you know, restart the season, go back with the team or, you know, you know, kind of discipline them or give them any type of, uh, you know, penalty for, you know, not playing in the season and staying home. Although these players would lose money if, um, they missed these games, so their salary um, would be lost in that. And then, as as far as the the visiting, you know, for Disney World itself, and you know, hopefully seeing these players interact um, and go out and use the the facilities, and, you know, maybe jump on some rides, and you know, maybe going out and these, you know, hanging out is a big, you know party basically is how i kind of see it in my head but yeah. the players association pretty much in that meeting said yeah that is uh, not going to be happening and the right. biggest thing that we see from that the families the mm. families will not be joining them so it's it's kind of hard there you know it, how to kind of judge for a player at least to know what's going on exactly. And yeah, I think the families, like. the families can't come in on the first rounds. Right. But like you were saying, we we're talking about it. They, they can come in on the second rounds, but with the people that are just normal people in Disney world, I think it's, they're only allowing up to 1600 people at the world resort. And pretty much all of those people are a part of the NBA, a part of the organization, media, team personnel, coaches, staff, and all the way from bottom to top. Um, so yeah, with these guys that want to do something in the bubble and not just be in a basketball court all day, that's pretty fucking fun to me. You get to go to the parks like by yourself or with your teammates, or you get to go on these rides and just kind of hang out. But yeah, I'm sorry for, I guess the people that had paid vacations. 
right. or Disney World. I'm sure you got reimbursed one way or the other. My biggest thing is one of my favorite times. I'm going to bring in a little a story about myself real quick. Let's my favorite time was, so when I was playing college ball, we would have our, our, our season or our tri, we, we, we had trimesters, so we didn't have semesters. And our biggest gap was our winter break. And for, you know, for us, they were, they were off for, if you were a regular student, you were off for like six, I don't think it was like four to six weeks there from Thanksgiving yeah. all the way through Christmas. But so our, that was the best time, whole December off. But no, but for players, our season still went. So we're on campus. No other students are there besides the basketball, you know, and then the people that decide that, you know, they can't go back home or, you know, mm-hmm. travel is too much. They are overseas. But my favorite time was waking up, doing our morning practice, getting lunch, maybe a quick little, you know, nap or something, and then another two and a half hour practice, our full practice, you know, getting dinner and then going to sleep or playing video games and then going to sleep. That yeah. was the best time. Of I mean, yeah. just wake up, do what you got to do, and it's all basketball, you know, 24-7. That's pretty much what I kind of see this turning into be, being for these players, especially if family's not there, not really, can't really go out and do, you know, the recreational stuff. So These guys are just having fun at Disney World, dude. I know. And and if I could have picked, I would have been in Florida too, you know? But yeah. I'm stuck in the cold winter of Illinois, so it's not... Hey, we all can't win. We all can't be professional basketball players stuck in uh, at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> but the biggest person, so the biggest person we see from this um, to kind of like start this conversation of, you know, uncertainty was Kyrie. So the mm-hmm. sole purpose of this conference was conference call was basically to vote um, if it was a good idea to return to play. Um, not only because of the coronavirus, but everything else that's going on, social injustice um, and all the other incidents uh, that have you know recently occurred in America. And Kyrie was, you know, an active person on that that call list. And mm-hmm. he, you know, having season ending uh, shoulder injury back in March, I believe it was um, asked if he could, you know, count. He could be counted with the next or Nets organization as their like 35 people team that goes down to Orlando. Mm-hmm. And he basically, you know, says, I just want to sit in the stands. I want to cheer on my teammates. You know, yeah. I want this time to rehab, you know, maybe sit in the sauna, you know, get, get, get old nice heat bath or whatever, you know? And yeah. And then to top that all off, he's like, well, how are my sponsorships going to work? Can I get some money or something? Or like, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, really weird to see you know somebody that probably not is likely to even play voicing mm-hmm. these concerns you know so it's right. like what, what what's going on here Kyrie I don't I mean I'm I'm kind of glad he brought it up but it's like what, what what's actually going on here so yeah well yeah Kyrie he kind of took a couple um, different I guess points in this conversation he, you know he was talking about I can't play then, you know, all these sponsorships, am I still going to get paid all these contracts? But then he just goes a total 180 <laughs> and and he talks about like the important stuff, which is like I think what mostly everyone is hearing about what Kyrie's saying in the conference call. I mean, we see him make a, you know, this this plea pretty much 
um, for players to just make a stand and stand and sit out, make a stand and sit out for the rest of the season and not go back to Orlando. And there's, you know, ultimately numerous more discussing social issues, you know, league economics, and ultimately a sense that they needed to all pretty much be united in a decision by the end of this conference call. And there was a couple of them, but with this one, we see another anonymous and well-respected player. They never told us who it was, but he quotes, you know, once we start playing basketball again, the news will turn from systematic racism to who did what in the game last night. It's a crucial time for us to be able to play and blend that and impact what's happening in our communities. And keep in mind, mental health is also a part of this discussion too, and how we handle all that in the bubble. I mean, we've seen guys that come out with talking about how they've dealt with mental, um, you know, mental depression and all that other stuff. DeMar DeRozan, I know Kevin Love, he's not in the bubble with the Cavs, but DeMar DeRozan, you know, he might have to go figure it out. But it's just something, as all these factors that play into, like, is it a good idea to come back to the bubble? Um, you know, there appears to be players that will choose to stay home because of this reason. The question is how many of those players and for what reason? You know, several players who have participated in these conference calls and conversations, they've told ESPN that they're still leaning toward playing in Orlando, but obviously they want to keep listening and talking about a number of factors that concern him. So Kyrie being a, a Debbie Downer that he really is, you know, he's hurt, you know, can I go? Can I still get paid? Can I just hang? I don't even think KD is going. To, I have no idea. We haven't really heard about KD. I know he's not coming back. He said that earlier last week, but yeah, Kyrie brings up a good point, man. Is it a good idea right now? And I, I mean, I kind of agree with them because once people start playing again, it is, man, LeBron, how many did he get last night? It's almost like, you know, if they keep playing is this, we see all these protests. Let's not, let's not stop what we're doing right now. Cause it really feels like we're actually pushing towards like a, a, a real change in America itself. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing that you brought up. There are so many outside factors of just starting up a season just like that. And you, and you, and you brought up, I mean, the, the whole black lives movement right now and the, the social injustice and all of that right now is what's leading the news, you know, and we see, we see other players kind of reach out and back almost um, Kyrie and saying, no, this is probably not the best time to, to shine on and, and put the spotlight back on the restart of the NBA season. Um, biggest person that really, you know, made a, the biggest impact was um, Stefan, uh, Stefan Jackson. He, uh, he goes to Instagram and he basically just starts talking about um, like this isn't the best time. There's so many bigger issues going on in America right now. If you go to a season start right now and bear in mind it's going to be in a month, but even in a month, those news outlets, all this attention that's really going on, kind of what you were saying is bringing up um, the social injustice all the news cycles are going to be talking about this startup and the start of the NBA. It's going to take around, take away from what actually needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he ends the, the the kind of speech and saying that, you know, these owners, you know, these guys have big platforms. If one of them speak out and say something, then they're people are going to listen, you know. And he basically says all these owners aren't talking. They're not saying anything. They want their money, so they really are pushing for this you know, season to start back up. And he really puts the pressure on these owners to really make that you know, push for you know, being, you know, 
understanding about what's actually going on. Because I don't, I don't think we've heard from the GMs really say anything yet. We hear LeBron coming out with this, you know, pushing toward this this voting rights group, but we haven't really heard the GMs say anything about this, except for the fact that, and we'll get into it later with just pretty much safety precautions coming back and returning to the NBA. That's that's pretty much all they're worried about because obviously they still want to make money. Right. That's a big stand. I mean, that's what runs everybody is money, you know? Um, and then, you know, other players like George Hill, Dwight Howard, um, there's a couple others that even Carmelo Anthony, I believe, they all kind of stepped up and backed that same, like, uncertainty message. Um, and, you know, it's it's a good conversation to have, right? That's kind of what what it what it needs right now, um, because there, like you said, there is time right now to actually make a difference. And if that that light is, um, you know, kind of forced in the another direction, then this actual change might not happen. But you know, again, these players want to you know make money. They have to live as well. And that's the biggest thing that they hear are these you know, mm-hmm. financial implications. Yeah. Uh, there's already been 300 million loss in salaries. Um, not having the season would add another 25% of lost salary. And, you know, it just puts more, you know, emphasis on, on the whole financial um, part of it. Right. Um, so if we were to like end the season, the final number for all salaries, I think it's around $1.2 billion, um, in lost salaries. Yeah, so that's where these owners, you know, they need to make these money, the money, and, you know, they just need to get all these clocks working again. And that's really what the message was from Steven Jackson is, like, you guys are billionaires already. We still need to, you know, make this change and whatnot. So yep. it's uh, – I don't know. It's a, I mean, it's a touchy subject a little bit, but at the same time, we do we need to do this right now is what it comes mm-hmm. down to. So here's, I mean, here's the question. So many players are saying that basketball will take away from the bigger issue of the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. So is it the best time to start the season? Kyrie kind of arose the, the question there earlier this week. And I say it's a good time because these guys can use their platforms. We see LeBron not really coming out and speaking of anything yet, but LeBron, when LeBron gets interviewed after a game every single night, he has the platform to talk about this. We even see LeBron, guys like Trey Young, ESPN personality, Jalen Rose, Skylar Diggins, is a former WNBA player. They kind of made this, and Kevin Hart too, uh, they made this voting rights group. Um, it's called more than a vote. And so LeBron can all, you know, he can talk about this earlier and earlier this week in an interview, LeBron says, because of everything that's going on, um, people are finally starting to listen to us and we feel like we're finally getting a foot in the door. And that's what it's kind of like what I was preaching earlier is give them the platform, let them get return to the NBA season and have all of these guys talk about it in their interviews. Why not? And, and I, I guarantee you, LeBron's not going to talk about his numbers or like how he feels to be back or anything like that. A lot of these players we see like George Hill, Malcolm Brogdon, all these guys are really taking a, a step toward and er, to eradicate change. And they're going to talk about it in these interviews. So I think it's a good time. I think you brought, um, I think you brought up the, the, a good point. If like some of these players right now don't have the best of platforms to express what they want to. And the biggest thing for me is visual. If you ha- see, somebody in an interview and not only talk about 
maybe what happened on the court, but then for a little bit, and then they turn all their direction to talking about something so much bigger, you know, these bigger issues as we were talking about of social injustice and just being equal in all rights. If they can use that platform, you know, and see it visually and people can hear it as they say it, that I think that's more a lot more powerful yeah. for some guys, you know, that might not like yeah because almost hoop like we we i mean at least for me and maybe for other people and it seems like this is happening as a whole is everyone's doing the protests and now everyone's just kind of waiting on like you know how to vote in the bronze you know coming up with this voting rights that's helping people out but you know kind of the violence has stopped and we can push toward more of a positive positive uh, navigation with the nba coming back and these guys talking about it because there's gonna be millions and millions of people watching the nba it's one of the first sports that's coming back so i think yeah everyone's kind of losing sight of what's kind of happening right now and how to do it will help that yeah and how to do it and especially if you have these bigger names because right now like the playoffs are happening so all the better teams all the bigger players are Mm -hmm. all going to be in one spot and if they did something really big like you know just like a, I don't know what it would be. I'm, I'm not like can't think of it off the top of my head. But if they did something big with all the, you know, big players and stuff, and they made a video or just started mm-hmm. talking about it as a whole. NFL did it. Patrick Mahomes made that video with yeah. all the NFL players. And but if they were doing that at the same time with season and all these people are watching it every I, single night, I think that has so much more power, mm-hmm. especially to, you know the whole group as like you know america as a group because it doesn't i mean there's people that you know white black asian hispanic whatever are watching the nba like mm-hmm. from all over the world and stuff and if they can hear it from those players and have that platform like you're saying to do this mm-hmm. it could really push in that direction of like you know real change because like you were saying you mentioned a little bit it was like how are we like really like what's next is basically the question that's been been asked and this could be that that place right we'll see i mean as of right now i think we'll have a season it just will be i i know like superstars like lebron i I mean obviously they haven't said who these superstars are but pretty much everyone wants to come back Kyrie does make a good point but they can they can make an impact for the better and kind of keep this a, a continuous talk with right. the NBA coming back and throughout the rest of the summer and throughout the rest of the year with the NBA coming back in November, December, this is the NBA is one of the you know, the biggest leagues in America and they have a, you know, a great impact on just tell, you know, getting the word out of what the black lives matter movement, um, just make help making a change. So it's a, it's a good question, but I think like I'm saying, the NBA will, will take part in, in answering that question of, you know, What's why? Yeah. yeah, just sure. yeah. Um, sorry, I don't even know what I'm saying, guys. We tried to record earlier. I'm, I'm <laughs> I wonder. I told, I told Leo, I was like, we got it. We got to record at like 5 p.m. I'm ready. I'm, I'm up. <laughs> um. So hey, listen. That's our first habit of episode. You're hanging out with Andy and Liam from Man to Man, the best and most entertaining podcast out there right now. Uh, we're talking about the return of the NBA and everything that's revolving around the league. 
coming up on our second half of the hour, we will be talking more about the return of the NBA and other aesthetics, including off the court discussions about older coaches above the age of 65. Uh, these, these coaches will possibly not have the opportunity to coach from the sidelines, but Hey, speaking of aesthetics, Wax Pot Skin Studio is a local Nashville full beauty service specializing in waxing, laser removal, electrolysis, facials, micro needling, lashes, dermaplane, and many other services. Guys, this isn't only for ladies. This is for you too. I recently got my eyebrows done, looking dynamic right now. Uh, but I know some of you hairy muffins need some waxing done in your chest, back, and hey, who knows? Maybe uh, in between the cheeks. So Wax Pot Skin Studio, go check out their website. They have a ton of amazing products. Don't be afraid to dive into the skincare world. Wax Pot Skin Studio, feel comfortable in the skin you are in. Hey, head coaches Adam Gentry, Greg Pock, Mike, Mike D'Antoni, Rick Carlisle, and Terry Scotts are all over the age of 60, and many GMs are worried about these older coaches coming into the bubble of unit as a risk to other team personnel. Adam Silver on TNT the other night uh, quoted, they may have to retain social distancing protocols and maybe they can be in front of a room, a locker room, or a ballroom with a whiteboard, but when it comes to actual play, we're not going to want them that close to the players in order to protect them. So those are all issues that we're continuing to work through. Uh, I know Silver later apologized about these statements that he kind of jumped the gun on these and uh, we see the uh, the NBA coaches president association, Rick Carlisle, who's also the Dallas Mavericks coach, expressing it's you know it's it's not fair to single out other coaches. And you know Carlisle even came out with a statement saying it's entirely possible that an NBA coach in the 60s or 70s could be healthier than someone in the 30s or 40s. Uh, the conversation should never be solely about a person's age. Adam Adam and uh, assured me that we would work through this together to help determine what is safe in both both safe and fair for all of our coaches so my question to you is and i don't ask my question is but is, <laughs> is it fair to do this to a coach uh solely because of age um so the biggest thing is i think there's two there's two sides of this coin that i don't want to like misrepresent what i'm trying to say here but there are two sides if if there is a very much so a reason why one of these coaches might be at more risk than a, you know, a younger coach due to his age. Um, if there are underlying like other you know problems wrong with these coaches and they are above 60, I think, yes, I think these coaches need to really evaluate for themselves. I think the NBA should come in and say, hey, you so say like for instance say if you know D'Antoni has like heart problems or something and he you know wants to be on the front lines and whatever and the NBA they should then come in and say you know what you have underlying conditions you are above that above the 60 age we are giving you all these warnings um, and saying you know what we can't be responsible if something happens then it's on D'Antoni or, you know, these coaches that are above, you know, 60 to be like, I understand what you're saying. I take responsibility, but I still want to coach is what I think should happen. You can't just say, no, you can't do it because of your age, because that is basically age discrimination. The NBA can go and say all these things I was saying, like they can give you all this information and be like, we're warning you, but 
at the end of the day, I think it should be the coach's, you know, discretion in which if they want to come back and and coach their team, especially like the the Rockets. You know, that was my team. I had them going. If D'Antoni's not there, I don't think they have a chance at all. You know, so it's it's the same thing. I think it's it's that double that double coin. I think NBA can't say no, but they should give them as much as much information as possible to right. you know tell them this is maybe not the smartest idea for you and it just is based on you know other information as well that's given to them so that's my take about right. it yeah i mean but at the same time i told, yeah you can't you can't you know provoke age discrimination with all these coaches you got guys like brett brown who's 59 just under 60 doc rivers 58 Steve Clifford, Orlando Magic's coach, he's 58. So there's not like, oh, if you're under 60, you you know, you're good to go. But I think uh, in a in this solution here, there will they will be the league will be requiring uh, you know medical history from pretty much everybody that's that will be entering the bubble. So I think that's how they determine it. They still don't have like a set solution. Silver was talking about having the coaches with an underlying condition, pre-existing underlying condition, wear a mask uh, on the bench or kind of just chill behind the bench or I don't know. But there's no set solution on that just yet. I think they're kind of waiting until the medical history for every person um, is is given to the league so they can examine that. But uh, yeah, no, I totally agree with you, man. I, I think that when they go through this quarantine, when, you know, I think they're coming here and they're going to the bubble here in a couple of weeks um, and they're they quarantine themselves. And, and that's good. That's pretty much all there is to it. And if you get sick, then, you know, isolate them. You can't really send them back home. I think they're just going to isolate players or coaches <laughs> or team personnel. Yeah. But I think that's, that's kind of the, the, the direction that they're going toward right now. For sure. I think it's, I think you just you can't just say no. You have to you know, give them information and move on from there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I bet all these coaches that give the if they get the option, they're going to say yes. Of course, I'm coaching, and you know, that's part of the the risk that they take because they yep. love doing what they do. Yeah, and I'm sure all these guys have been isolating too. So, right, I don't know. But uh, we can move into some, uh, you know, more. I don't know what you call them, easier topics, you know, a little around the NBA, things that have been happening around the NBA, you know, mm-hmm. off the court, of course. Um, I guess we'll start with the the biggest thing that caught my eye this last week is Jokic. Jokic, you know, he he lost a lot, a lot of weight. This picture came out and he looks like a whole nother person. I, if I, okay, a little backstory on this. Um, I actually saw, so one of my friends from school came and visited me. I took him out to a, you know, a nice little restaurant, um, that's known for, you know, certain types of food. We got some, uh, fried chicken, um, here in Indianapolis. And as we just sat down and we ordered drinks and stuff, Kyler, uh, what's his name? Murray. Jamal Murray. Jamal. Kyle. Who's Kyle Murray? Why do I? Kyle Murray is the, uh, the the quarterback, quarterback from yeah yeah, yeah okay. That's Jamal, why we don't have him on podcast. <laughs> Jamal Murray, sorry, 
It is late. Um, Jamal Murray is walking out with his girlfriend, and I'm like, dang, that's crazy. And then I was like, well, I know where all these guys are staying um, at the hotel downtown. So after we grabbed a bite to eat, we drove by their hotel, and we see Jokic. And Jokic is a big dude. Like, you yeah. can't miss him. And I was like, now that I see this, I, I barely even recognized him. I was like, <laughs> what is going on with you? Um, yep. But How much weight did he lose, though? I don't know. It's got to be, at least in the picture, it's got to be like over 45 pounds, right? It's like. Because he's listed at 284 on Google, but I don't know if that's updated or not. 284? He's. I think, uh, yeah, I don't think it is because I don't think he was pushing 300. Well, then he's he's probably down to like 240 at least. Yeah. Maybe. Well, he's probably 250, 260. So 25 pounds, but it's all like lean now muscle and it for me it almost looks unhealthy you know it's like mm-hmm. you can't just flip a switch and and lose that much weight because we see people like porzingis porzingis did that he lost like 25 pounds and got all lean and and kind of fit which is good excuse me yeah. which is good but he got hurt right away i'm pretty sure well, like, porzingis was like a stick to begin with too i don't right. know why but, I don't know why he was, you know, cutting lean like that. I mean, I understand he was trying to gain muscle, but clearly that didn't work. It's two different guys. This guy was huge, right? He's like one of the bigs. He's kind of like a Joel Embiid where – and, and you know, he's a hefty guy. And in the playoffs, and we've talked about it a couple of times, they, the Nuggets need Jokic because he's so big. He can play against like these – like an Al Horford, you know, Celtics if they meet him and, you know – Joel and other guys like Montrez Harrell in the West, um, you know, other guys like that. So I don't, yeah, I, it, it almost is unhealthy, but is it a positive for him? Maybe who knows, but Jokic has that pass game to him, right? He's, he's a, a playmaker. And one guy was even talking on ESPN first take earlier this week, how Jokic, I thought this was insane. Jokic was one of the best passers ever to play. I don't think that's true. I think that's a stretch. I don't know about all that. I think it's a stretch, but it made a good point to where he's, you know, a very talented playmaker. Right. I know. I think it's good. My biggest thing is he was a dominant big force down low as a center. And now, you know, like you mentioned a little bit, Dwight Howard is going to push Jokic all around this floor. And Montrezl Hunter is going to eat him up if he doesn't have that bulk. So I just – that's the biggest thing, but I think it's funny. I think you, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I like the the skinny Jokic. You know, lose the weight after you you're, you retire. You know, right now it's okay, and you to be a little more you know heftier. You don't yeah. think it's cute? Come on, bro, don't do all that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say some <laughs> shit like that. I knew it. I knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. I, I got you. I even coming. got you in a couple weeks. <laughs> I know. I knew that was coming. But yeah, I think it's. I don't know. It's kind of weird. We'll see if. Yeah, it, well, translates to the court and how that works right right totally um next thing we get some haircuts man i'll tell you what i don't i want to show you but i i need a i need a motherfucking haircut is what it comes down to shit, <laughs> i need one too can you see my shit yeah i saw it last episode yours is looking rough right now brother tell me about it you get the flow in the back you got that cheddar and lettuce in the back though you liking that no i, I, don't I think love I- the cheddar I don't think I've ever had my hair this long, bro. 
Yeah, but I gotta wear a hat every single day now. I do like, too. I have, I, I, if I step out of the house, it's it's hat on. Hat yeah. On. yeah. But yeah, we get some some haircuts. You want to walk us through uh, the first one we got up here? Yeah. What we got? Uh, Lonnie. Walker. Yeah, Lonnie Walker. Right. Lonnie Walker gets a new look. Um, you know, as this was kind of a more serious situation, as Walker said, he was attempting to free himself of painful memories. Uh, Walker, this guy's only 21 years of age out of Miami two years ago, revealed on Instagram earlier this week excuse me, that he started to grow out his hair when he was in middle school after being sexually abused as a child. He said the whole coronavirus sort of brought back these demon-like memories. So he began to look at himself in the mirror and see who he really was. He didn't feel like he was, uh, you know, changing into a new person with his hair he felt confident with growing his hair that was his whole thing from fifth grade that's why he grew it because he felt like he could control something uh so he you know he said on in his closure instagram caption say he finally found peace and internal happiness within himself and uh the previous bad memories in the past are quote-unquote dead silence so good for lonnie walker man uh i think he can uh, relate to a lot of people you know he did he said he didn't really know what was going on he didn't know anything about real life yet and so it was a continuous uh, situation that, that happened to him growing up. And uh, his hair was kind of the only thing that he could control. So, um, you know, mad, mad respect for Lonnie Walker coming out with that publicly. And, uh, you know, we we're just hoping the best for him now. We love all of our NBA players. And, you know, good dude. I'm glad he came out with that. He probably feels a lot, a lot of weight off his shoulder now. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is it- – Gives him control, you know, gives him more control over what he thinks he can control. Yeah. And something like that really is is powerful. But Yeah, very, very much sure. so. Um, a little lighter, we got uh, Ray Allen gets a, a haircut as well. Uh, gets his sons. I think it was a whole family event. Dad's getting his haircut. I think he led the wife. and. Uh, when you told me this, I thought I was like, Ray Allen is bald. Yeah, he doesn't have much hair to begin with, and that's what I was. But he can grow him. a little bit. He can. Well, I'm guessing a little bit because I mean, quarantine. Clearly. Yeah, and I'm I'm I, I'm not the one to like judge haircuts because I've had some bad haircuts in my life. But uh, <laughs> this looks. Uh, how do is I it? Say? Is it worse than the Shaq haircut <laughs> on TNT? Oh, buddy, it's worse. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I think that. I mean, he's got the same kind of hairline of Shaq. Um, I think Ray Allen actually um, challenged Shaq and a couple others um, to, you know, cut their hair um, and let their, their family members cut their hair as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll donate some money to some organization or something. I think I was reading, but that gotcha. looks bad. It's not, it's not great. Um, it's not good. Not good. I think it's That's karma not- for not going to <laughs> Paul Pierce's um, retirement yeah, ceremony. It's I don't so- know if that's the correct term. Yeah, uh, was- but hanging up his jersey. Yeah, yeah. getting uh, his number retired. Retirement. What would you call it? Retirement jersey. Jersey ceremony. retirement ceremony. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's. It's, Ray it's Allen probably- looks insane though, man. He's just golfing now, so they don't hear much about Ray Allen anymore, do we? No, not much. Damn. Except game six, man. They played game six in that Spurs from, what was that, 2012 finals? I think they played that a couple of different times on ESPN now, and it's honestly one of the best comeback games slash series of all NBA, and it's the most badass game there is. I feel like most at least badass comeback game. Yeah. Um, I was actually – Can I try to quote that real quick? 
quote what? The the com the announcer. Oh, the commentary. Yeah, yeah, commentary. I mean, how do you uh, need me? You need me to set you up, or are you just gonna just rip it off? I think I got it. I think I got it. Dish to LeBron. LeBron for three. No good. Boss with the rebound. Kicks back out to Allen. History pointer. Bang! <laughs> That's pretty Tie game with five <laughs> seconds remaining. It was the most, oh, man, most electrifying game ever. Okay, so I got something for you right here right. that I saw on, on, the, on the social real quick. If All Ray right. Allen misses that shot, this is what's going to happen. Tim Duncan becomes a top five all-time player, no doubt. Because he'll be six and zero in the finals, right? Mm-hmm. LeBron's legacy is is hurt because then that moves him to one and five in the finals, right? Yep. D Way only finishes with two titles, so his legacy is hurt. And then the big three is the biggest bust of all bust of teaming up because they only go one and three um, with finals. Greg Popovich gets six rings, and then Kawhi Leonard. Not that he needs any more rings or anything, but he gets another one to his his resume. So yeah. shout out to to Ray Allen for for making history. And then the last one we got here is the uh, Jason Tatum. Um, he gets a new look, um, grew it out and, and trimmed it up. And Tatum's a fresh boy, man. Yeah, he's got that clean cut, light skin, clean cut, man. They they've always talked about him and like Paul George had the. The cleanest cut in the NBA. Cleanest cut, yeah. He's, cleanest cut. If he comes back and, you know, puts the ball in the bucket, I'm going to be scared of the Celtics, that's for sure. Good thing is he doesn't have a hoop at his <laughs> – where he lives at. I know he came out with that, remember? <laughs> I do. About a month ago, he's like, I don't even have a basketball court, dude. Like, I don't have a goal or anything. And then I guess the last little thing that we can talk about, which – came out today, I believe. I think it was earlier today, about 4 o'clock, was Patrick Beverly getting on the horse and kind of making this statement. And LeBron James has been known to say, he's already came out and said that he wants to you know, start the NBA back up. But Pat Bev pretty much gives, gives LeBron James the ultimate vote in the NBA, right? He mm-hmm. like, Whatever LeBron James says goes is basically sure. what I get from this. But um, he basically we you got it on the screen. But Hoopers say what, um, whatever you guys want. If LeBron James says we're hooping or he's hooping, we all hooping. Um, not, it's <laughs> yeah. not personal. It's only business. And I'm like, what is going on? Like I I thought they were you know kind of. They always butt heads, but and I think it's because we kind of talked about it. What we're like when we were talking about home court advantage a couple weeks ago, like what were those options uh, weighed out? What those they look like? You can paint the home court in oh, your yeah, home yeah, court yeah, advantage yeah, yeah. when you have that, or like another guy gets seven fouls. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I think Pat, that's where <laughs> they say, give me those seven. I'm fouling the fuck out of LeBron James when I play him, dude. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let me touch you a little bit, bro. <laughs> That was weird. Yeah, that was definitely weird. Well, with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I think uh, I think that's good. What a I night. Think, I think we'll see the NBA coming back up for sure um, one way or another. But yep. with that, uh, this week's episode is a wrap. 
thank you all for you know listening and tuning in. Um, we will be uh, posting this episode on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure to catch us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. I know we went a little late today, um, 10 to 11 p.m. Eastern time, depending on what's going on. But go and give us those five star reviews. That's it, right? Catch you uh, next Sunday, right? Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess we'll just catch you next Sunday if you want to catch us. Uh, go, yeah, go check out our previous episode with Nashville rapper and artist Chance Flash. Super cool, dude. Uh, more of a serious episode. But yes, with that, um, probably just going to get on Warzone here. Um, also, we did a, uh, a social media thing today where we did a poll. Once we reach 2,000 followers, which we got about 100 followers left, so you guys could post about us, share about us, we will be doing a pretty big giveaway. Um, the jersey that we decided on was a Miami Vice D-Wade jersey, the, the black, uh, vibrant pink and blue. One of my most favorite jerseys. I mean, I looked up like top 75 best jerseys in NBA history, and that one was on like fourth. Yeah, that, that one's sick. That blue is, is something dirty. Um, yeah, I might have to enter myself in that one, or just order I know. Two. I was or like, just I order two of the them. Jersey, dude. <laughs> I know, just order two of them or three of them. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, and some of you guys like the war zone, but that's cool. Uh, we'll just throw out the jersey. So, um, stay tuned for that. Probably here in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, uh, couple but yes, weeks. with that, five stars, everything else, we're good. We'll uh, catch you next week. Namaste to you guys. Namaste. 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 And listen, man. Pace nation, baby. <laughs> I'm nothing. I'm straight hustling.